Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello there, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Hey, man, did you have a good weekend? I sure hope I did. I I bet, I bet you did. <laughs> I always want to ask that, you know, because it's Monday, February 28th, the year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> the last day of February, if you can believe this. It is. Uh, the second month of the year gone. We are a sixth of the way through 2022. It is amazing. And we're a lot more than a sixth through the book of Matthew. We're actually looking at Matthew chapter 26 today. And our third season of Text Talk. Absolutely. Yeah, we're like on episode 531 for the whole run of this conversation. So we've had 530 conversations about the Bible. See, it doesn't feel like any more than 529. Well, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) I've I've enjoyed them. No, it's been really good. And we uh, appreciate so much the different... uh, signs of love and support and encouragement and gifts and just wonderful things from our from our listeners and gifts and gifts <laughs> <laughs> oh not that we want to bring up the gifts that people have sent us well i do know that on our last episode we were looking at uh, matthew 25 and the series of teachings right that the, the last one was about this picture of judgment mm-hmm. um it sort of feels like when you know when you're talking about judgment we're we're leading up to a some climactic events here. Yes. And we are certainly, the the action's really picking up in the 26th chapter of Matthew. Well, and of course, the struggle that we're going to have in Matthew 26, it is super long. Yes. Super long, and we could probably do three or four weeks of just little different topics the way we have our conversation. So we're going to miss a lot of this chapter because we are going to do what we always do, pick out five things that we hope will help people be better Christians. Mm -hmm. But today, here's what I'm going to do. Um... The thing I want to talk about really comes from verses 20 to 25, but I think it's important to go ahead and get these first four verses in also because they kind of set the stage for what's coming on the next three chapters. So I'm going to read Matthew 26, verses 1 through 4, and then I'm going to jump to verses 20 through 25. Okay. And so we'll cover a couple of things in our conversation today. Matthew 26, 1, English Standard Version. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. And so now I want to jump down to verse 20. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and as they were eating, he said, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Yeah, I was going to say Judas is the figure that hinges those two readings. You have the desire that they're going to, the enemies are going to hatch a plot and take him. Um, It's Judas who presents himself as the uh, betrayer, and for 30 pieces of silver, he will help the leaders of the Jews and betray Jesus into their hands. And then here we have the night of uh, Passover observed, um, a time, you know, reading about the Lord will establish what we call communion or the Lord's Supper. But you have this 
episode here where one of the reclining at table and he tells him, one of you will betray me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of you will betray me. God knows who's it, who it is. Mm -hmm. The betrayer knows who it mm -hmm. is. Nobody else knows who it is. Mm -hmm. And this is, this has been to me one of the odder stories because the way it's presented, it almost sounds like Jesus just flat says for everyone to hear Judas is the one who's going to do it, but it's like nobody gets it. Yeah. You know, you're right about that. And I've always wondered what, why not just say, Hey, Judas. Hey, you see that guy right there? The guys, do y'all realize what he's about to do? It seems like there's more of a more of a hint given. I think it's in John's telling of this, the whole deal about sharing the the dipping of the bread or the what do they call it? The sop. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like it's kind of set up there that, you know, maybe Judas is dipping right at that moment. Or maybe he's just saying, it's actually someone who's sharing food with me right here at this, in this moment. Well, whatever he says, the other apostles didn't get it. No, no they nobody, don't get it. Nobody walked away from that. I mean, even when he tells Judas what you do, do quickly in one of the other accounts, yeah, yeah. they think he's just telling him to go make preparation for more of the feast. They're, they're, none yeah. of the other 11 are picking up what Jesus is putting down. You're right about that. When Matthew, I, I think back early in the book when he gives the list of the 12, Judas is introduced there the first time his name is mentioned, right, as the one who betrays him, so that nobody else is ever going to be tricked by Judas again. Right. Right. We, we get foreshadowing, he will betray Jesus. As we read it, even if we're reading it for the first time, we know that end from the beginning. Exactly. As the story of Jesus and his gospel gets told, Matthew's not trying to cover things up. It's not a mystery. It's not no. wait till the last chapter to find out exactly what's going on. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as they are recording these gospels, they're not they're not recording them to reveal the story. They are recording them to set the right. story, to say, look, we understand that when something gets told and told and retold and retold and retold, it adjusts, it pivots, it changes. And so we cannot just have this as an oral medium. We need to, we need to set this. We need to write it down so that throughout the generations, it will stay the story that it is supposed to be. Right. And so again, but, so at the very beginning, they're, they're saying, hey, this is the betrayer. This is the betrayer. Where I was going with that, though... At this night, at this time... You weren't time, going where I was going with it? No, I think I agree with what you just <laughs> said there. That's exactly true. But at this moment, at this time, Matthew had no idea it's Judas. Mm. John has no idea it's Judas. Peter, any of the guys there at the table. Right. So for them, there was this terrible shock and betrayal and disappointment when it all plays out. As you rightly pointed out, Jesus knows who it is and Judas knows who it is. Yeah. For future generations, the way it was written, we're all like, oh, yeah, well, he's we a betrayer. It's, it's, it's going down right. now. But boy, Matthew didn't know it then. But in the moment. And that actually leads to part of this that really shocks me. Mm -hmm. We've had chapters on top of chapters of the apostles competing with one another, of the apostles talking about who's the greatest and wondering who is the greatest. And yet we get to this moment, and honestly, I see a surprising amount of humility from these apostles, because when Jesus says, one of you sitting here is going to betray me, the apostles don't start pointing fingers at one another. Is it him? Is it him? Is it him? Is it him? You know what? I bet it's him. No, they start <laughs> pointing fingers at themselves. Is it? Is it I? Yeah. Am I the one who is going to do this? Yeah. So I, I have two thoughts about that. Number one, it is remarkable to me that nobody pointed a finger at Judas and said, is it him? Yeah. Is it Judas? Yeah. So in other words, Judas was not conducting himself in a way that was that was obviously yeah. sinister. Nobody was looking at Judas saying, I've always thought he had shifty eyes. He wasn't raising any suspicions. Okay. They weren't thinking that. In fact, I, and that kind of leads me to the second one. 
that each of these fellas, they saw themselves as more likely than any of the others. Than any of the others. Yes. Than Judas, right? Or any of the others. And that that is, that is what, uh, I forget the word you said, but I guess I'll use the word remarkable. It is. (laughs) It is. I I think, again, because up until this point, they've all been, and it's not like they're going to get back to it. They are about to get back to it, and and we'll talk about that probably tomorrow or Wednesday, I don't know. But in this moment, there is this surprising amount of humility, which I think is actually a, a good sign and is something that we need to emulate because in this moment, each one of the apostles recognize their own capacity to fall. Mm. Each one recognize their own capability. And I this is counterintuitive. Mm. I imagine that if we were to to set up person A and person B and say, look, person A here is just absolutely confident and convicted and committed that they are just going to follow the Lord and never, ever, ever fall. Person B is really worried that, you know, I, I might not make it. I might not, I might not accomplish this. Most of us would probably say the super confident guy, that's, that's the one my money's going on. But in reality, I think it's, I think there's good money to go towards. Not that I'm a betting person because I, I wouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> What's with all the air quotes? Um, <laughs> just so that you can see. Nobody so else I, is okay, going to well, know. Nobody else that. is going to know. But if I were a betting man, I would put it on a person B who, who struggles. Because it reminds me of a story. This is an old preacher story. You've probably heard it, but uh, I'm just going to go I ahead don't and know. I'm it. not an old preacher. Oh, yes, you are, brother. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. So the, this old story that I heard in a sermon when I was a kid uh, is about uh, there was a, this old school out in the country that needed mm-hmm. a new bus driver and the superintendent was hiring and he had a couple of different folks that were there to drive the bus well this was this was out in the woods and the mountains mm-hmm. and there was one stretch of the road that was right at the edge of the mountain mm. and the superintendent he gets in with candidate number 1 and he says uh, hey I just, I just need to know how skilled you are. How close do you think you can get to the edge here? Oh, man, I'm good. Watch this. And he gets all, I mean, he gets really, really close. And uh, But, you know, they survive, and he goes on. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good, very good. Writes that down. The second one, he gets in there, and he says to that fella, um, hey, I just I need to know how skilled you are. We're up here in the mountains. How close do you think you can get to the edge without going off? Oh, listen, watch this. And he gets over, and he gets even closer. In fact, I mean, for just a split second. The superintendent thinks they're going over, but nope. This guy is skilled. Mm. He gets around it. Mm. They get the third guy in there, and he says to the third guy, he says, hey, I need to know how skilled you are at driving up here. You know, how close do you think you can get to the edge? And the third guy said, oh, I wouldn't even want to try that. I try to stay away from the edge as much as possible. Guess who got the job? Mm. Mm-hmm. So here are these two guys that believe they have such skill that they would never, ever go off the edge. And so look at all the risks and the chances mm-hmm. they're willing to take. But you've got the other fellow who says, I, I actually think I could probably go off the edge, so I just stay away from that. Okay. And that's the one, I think, that actually has the better foothold. Mm-hmm. You know, the one who says, rather than, let me see how, how close to the edge of God's grace I can get. It's the mm-hmm. guy that says, I'm going to stand right here in the middle of it. I'm not going to try to get out of this. I'm not taking chances. I'm not taking risks. I realize that I could fall. Uh, if I can just say one more thing before yeah. you jump in here, it makes me think about Joseph. You know, Joseph, had he been just absolutely certain that he was strong and could handle the temptation, he would have just stayed there with Potiphar's wife and kept telling her no. But I think Joseph understood his own danger. He saw himself as a person who would fall prey to that temptation, and he understood what he needed to do. He needed to get away 
from the temptation. And, and I think that's, that's a thing, that, that recognition, the humility that says, you know what, even I, even I can fall and betray the Lord. So I'm going to put up these guardrails. I'm going to put up these protections. I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from that as much as possible. I think that's, that's the approach we need to be taking. I love that so much. It reminds me of uh, the Apostle Paul's instruction to the minister Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 22, flee Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Mm. Flee the youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, pursue purity. I mean, what what I'm hearing there is is really a, a direction and an attitude in my life in my approach to God, that instead of trying to get to, uh, you know, draw lines and that's where sin is and I'll see how I can ride that line. I hope I never cross it as opposed to I'm chasing God. Yeah. And God's never going to lead me to sin. Right. If I'm riding that line, I'm moving in the wrong direction. I need to be fleeing away from that and back towards following God. It's the overly confident person that flirts with danger and often finds that they end up going over the edge. It's the cautious, humble person that recognizes their own capacity to fall who steps back and says, I, gotta st- I, I don't flirt with danger. I don't flirt with danger. You know what? Here, here are my friends, and I know they flirt with danger, but I'm, I'm going to have to find some new friends because yeah. I, I know when I get out there with them, I, I have the capacity of following right along. All i got to right. stay away from that. Yeah. And uh, also the invitation, I guess, for some introspection. Lord, is it I? Hmm. And how is my relationship with the Lord today? Mm-hmm. I tell you what, that is helpful. I'm excited about uh, walking through Matthew 26 this week, and we're so glad that you are along for these conversations. Send us an email, texttalkatchristiansmeethere.org, texttalkatchristiansmeethere.org, to let us know what you're gaining as you read through the Scriptures with us. We're going to have a word of prayer now. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day you've given us. We're grateful for this time to be in your word, Father, as as we spend time in Matthew 26, and we really see uh, hours compressed here in, in the telling of it. And we know that each detail is is so important, Father, to see Jesus better and to appreciate our own selves in light of his perfection. We pray that we might be humble and look to ourselves first, Father. We want to be faithful and not to fail you. Please, Father, give us grace and strength to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.